welcome to Creeps and Crime Storytime. My name is Charlie and today I have a little bit of something different. So I'm just putting this out as a little tiny bit of bonus content. Um, a couple of weeks ago we discussed the case of Karina Holmer and we got talking about art and the impacts that trauma can have on art and what kind of themology you can see in pieces depending on what the artist has been through. And I kind of went off a bit talking about my friend who has a lot of experience and insight into this kind of thing. So we have a guest. Um, I've talked about her a lot. My friend Karis is here to discuss this with me. So would you like to say hi? Hello, everyone. I'm Karis. I am Charlie's friend. Uh, and my background is in art therapy. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your job and what you do? Absolutely. So um, my current job role, I use art as well as um, music and photography to uh, support people who have gone through um, physical trauma, so physical injuries, um, and also mental health issues, um, more in um, an occupational therapeutic way. So what that means is it's a bit more process based. So helping people to express themselves, but not necessarily um, to dive into the deep meaning of the art that they create. More of kind of just enjoying the process. Yeah, so it's kind of like, I mean, we're both quite creative people. We both enjoy to create, enjoy to create. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. So um, it's more just using art, using photography, using music and using lots of sort of creative fields in a way to express yourself. Absolutely. And um, I'll say as well, so I work with a military population. So um, for people like you and me, who are very, very um, used to using kind of creative activities to enjoy ourselves, to relax, to express ourselves, that comes quite naturally to us. But for people in the military, that can be really, really difficult because a lot of their life is built around um, uh, what they're physically capable of doing. So it's definitely a little bit of a different thing. But um, it's very dualistic because people do enjoy the process, but often there can be um, a bit of kind of a personal journey that happens when you make art. You and I know this very, very well. Um, and anyone who has ever painted or created or done anything like that, you kind of get embroiled in this process um, and get very much absorbed by what you're doing. And it's kind of like you end up having a conversation with yourself. Does that make sense? I totally get it. Yeah, I absolutely get it. So um, part of my background um, with art therapy, art therapy is traditionally used as a psychodynamic approach. So what that means, it's kind of like talking therapy. Um, so psychotherapy, you're going to a counselor, but instead of talking, you create. And what the art therapist will do with their client is not necessarily to analyze um, the drawings and the symbols that they make, but it will be more to help the client understand what that means to them. Because art is incredibly personal. Um, Two people who maybe draw kind of similar themes, um, they might draw some uh, different meanings from those themes, if that makes sense. I totally get it. And as well, it's not just that you can, two people can create two wildly different pieces based on the same feeling or prompt or thought. But mm -hmm. as well, if two people look at a piece of art, you will get something completely different from it. Absolutely. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, so like if I looked at a painting and you looked at it, we might get completely different feelings from it and mm -hmm. completely different thoughts. And that's something that I really want to talk about <laughs> today. Um, so this is quite a broad question, but in what ways do you think trauma and creativity can be linked together? So before we kind of dive into this, I kind of want to talk about how we 
approach art as 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 people as humans from an early age so um using art and images and symbols is kind of one of the first ways we learn to communicate um especially in in the western world i'll say is you know when we're younger even before we have kind of verbal language before we learn how to talk and how to speak and how to communicate with adults and with our peers we draw you know it's a classic thing you know kids will draw on everything if you have children i'm sure you can probably relate they'll try and draw on walls you know they'll give you their artwork that you put on the fridge or it goes in the trash and you just tell them that the it's on Art another fairy. fridge. It's on another fridge. <laughs> it's on a farm upstate. Um, but it's it's one of the first ways that we learn to communicate and kind of make sense of the world. Um, unfortunately, what tends to happen as we become adults is it kind of becomes less and less of a way for us to com- communicate, unless um, it kind of gets nurtured within us. If you know, if we're one of those people who gets told that you're you can't see me doing these air quotes, but uh, quote unquote good at art. Yeah. Um, you know, if we don't kind of have that nurtured within us, then it tends to drop off. But using um, images and symbols is a very kind of almost kind of like primitive, primal way for us to communicate. Um, and it what art therapy tells us is it accesses the subconscious a lot of the time. So a lot of the images um, and symbols that may come up when creating a piece of artwork might not necessarily be something that um, we recognize without help, if that makes sense. And that's what um, an art therapist will will do. So going back to your original question of trauma, a lot of um, trauma sits within the subconscious. When we go through or witness a traumatic event, what often happens is it gets kind of pushed down within us so we can manage just being a human being in the normal world. Um, So what art can do is just kind of draw out, I keep using the word draw, I don't mean to use it like a pun. I love it, I'm here for it. Um, But kind of help pulling out um, some of the, the feelings associated with that event so they can become very very heavily linked um especially if you can sort of be helped or yeah if you have someone kind of supporting you or you already know how to link them together this is sorry i'm not saying much this is just really (laughs) interesting i'm just because i already know what you do anyway but hearing you talk about it is really fucking cool oh i'm glad i'm really enjoying just listening to you talk about this yeah so i guess when when you're at work and you're dealing with people who maybe don't draw recreationally or don't play music recreationally you're teaching them that actually accessing the symbolism that they've always known how to do mm-hmm. is a perfectly acceptable response mm-hmm. to these events in their lives absolutely and and part of it is just giving people permission um to say this is an okay way to express yourself especially when it gets tied to skill is definitely a barrier so um what art therapists will do when working with clients is really try to emphasize that we're not looking for you to be, I keep you know, quote unquote, good at drawing. That's yeah. not important when when working with a client as an art therapist, um, because that's kind of where that divide between the subconscious and kind of creating art can really, really get sort of built up when we feel like we can only create art if we're good at it and if we have that kind of skill. So a lot of the groundwork that you might might lay with a client if you're working with them is just kind of giving them permission to almost access that like inner child because when we're children yeah. we don't care you know what what we draw looks like it's- i mean i cared my mom would tell you anyway, <laughs> that i was the biggest pain in the ass because if it wasn't good enough i would screw it up and it would go in the bin and apparently i wasted a lot of paper so yeah. uh, but it's unfortunate is is we unfortunately learned from a very young age that um a lot of the time something uh, is only worth doing if we're perceived to be good at it yeah that's true 
which is very unfortunate. So so working with adults is often kind of unpicking um, a bit of that kind of stigma yeah. around being good at art. So that can be that can be difficult and be tricky sometimes. So in your experience then, if somebody, I know you, you just described them um, a minute ago, like if somebody witnesses a traumatic event or has something happen to them, um, that having that symbolism um, about communicating their experiences come through is important. If somebody does witness something traumatic, can that manifest in what they create? Absolutely. Um, and it may be through kind of different um, imagery and symbols. For some people, it might be very, very literal. Like they may um, kind of uh, draw or paint or kind of reenact the scene of that traumatic event if it was tied to a specific event and not like a series of events, yeah. if that makes sense. So, um, I've read a lot about um, people who work with people who suffered kind of natural disasters. And a lot of the time, what kind of art therapists will work with clients who've gone through those kind of experiences, they'll create, you know, big pieces of artwork that kind of just depict that disaster. And it may include people that that person knew and loved who, you know, unfortunately passed away or were severely injured. Some people, it might be that they try and almost um, rewrite history in their artwork as well. You know, almost kind of like a what if. Um, oh, especially that's so interesting. Especially if you're dealing with like survivor's guilt. Yeah. Some people might depict themselves perishing in that natural disaster okay, or event. that's very this interesting. This is just an example. Everybody is completely different. Yeah. But, um, you know, people may use art to try and either re kind of almost recreate or relive or change something about that event but absolutely it can manifest in different ways but the, the symbols will be different and the symbols will be very very much tailored to kind of how that person is feeling and how they express themselves yeah I guess um obviously this is relating to the case of Karina Holmer mm -hmm. um and the artist that was involved in the case was Susan Nichter and she's a painter who lives in my brain's Boston. Mm -hmm. She's from Boston. Um, and yeah, so she's she's an established painter. She's got a lot of work online. She's been painting for years. So she is one of those people who has had that skill nurtured. Um, and she's got a lot of practice and a lot of experience with creating. A lot of people since finding out about the Karina Homer case have gone online and people have interpreted lots of symbolism in her paintings. Mm -hmm. Obviously, people's interpretation varies wildly it's different from everyone that looks at it and if you already know about an event so say um anyone that's listened to our karina holmer episode will know that she was found um bisected um unfortunately only one half of her was ever found it was very traumatic i imagine for everyone involved it was horrific so obviously if you look at lots of paintings and you know these kind of things already you will be a little biased when you go in mm -hmm. and you will be sort of looking for things um in the artwork which I cannot say that I haven't done because obviously it's impossible to then forget what you know and mm -hmm. look at it with a with a fresh mind. Yeah, confirmation bias. Yeah, it's a real fucking thing. Yep. But yeah, I had a point that I was going to make and Sorry. it's gone. It's gone <laughs> no, 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 this happens all the time. This happens all the time. I sort of go off and then I forget what my point was. It's basically mm -hmm. just like when I talk to you in real life, mm -hmm. except that this time everyone can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know if you think that me recording this podcast is a really clean, smooth, professional process. It's not. I'm I'm impressed so far. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, um, so you listened to our Karina Homer episode yes. and after it was done, um, Karis heard the little shout out and she sent me some WhatsApp voice notes just with like very brief opinions 
on what she thought about um, Susan Nicta because you knew straight away. Mm-hmm. Like when you were listening to the episode, you thought, oh, she's going to come for me. Yeah, like- because so Charlie sent me um, a message, I think before the episode came out, basically saying um, the new episode is coming out tomorrow. I really want your opinion on it. Um, because it's something that you know uh, a bit about. And I was like, I bet it's the Karina Holmer case. And it's about <laughs> Susan Nicktis painting. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of skills uh, and a lot of knowledge about certain things. Uh, but I was like, I think I know what this is going to be about. And I mean, there's nobody else that I wanted to come to because you've, like you yourself, you've been painting for years. You've been really passionate about art for years. You, but as well, you are really involved in bringing out other people's experiences of art so much so that you've made that your career and it's not just that but at the moment your sort of niche is helping people deal with trauma that they may have experienced through creating Mm -hmm. and it's like everything that you do kind of sits in this so when I was doing this case I was like (laughs) I know who I need to talk to (laughs) immediately um and yeah I just love your your insight into this like everyone can have an opinion on it everyone can look at these paintings and have some random uneducated opinion but you actually you see people create things all the time Mm -hmm. like you see people bring their sort of inner symbolism and their inner thoughts and feelings onto paper all the time Mm -hmm. that have gone through all kinds of different walks of life so i just think that your opinions on this are very exciting to me oh thank you i find your insight very very exciting and very interesting and i know in these whatsapp voice notes you were saying oh you know it's probably going to sound really boring and it's but it's fucking not i'm so i'm really excited my my hesitation was more because um i think that none of none of my none of anything that i'm gonna say is explicitly like she did it she do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. nothing you know it's a very interesting topic to me and, and i think to you as well um unfortunately none of us know no what, 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 what happened, happened unfortunately to no karina holmer um the only thing that i can comment on is uh just susan nicktis approach to art and some of the yeah. symbolism that she does use it doesn't necessarily mean that she did anything yeah. or was involved in anything um you know we can't say for certain but it is a very interesting part of this case, I think, because it does definitely offer a very unusual perspective. And actually something that's kind of just come to mind, um, uh, we, you know, you know, we don't really get a lot of information from, you know, people who've committed homicide or serial killers um, in kind of the art world. But what's just come to mind is there are a lot of people who do access art in prison after... Um, committing these crimes John Wayne Gacy just come to mind he did a lot of paintings I think it's definitely a different thing I think he was trying to be provocative Um, I think that's definitely a thing and so it's it's a different thing I don't necessarily think I mean I can't say for certain I don't think that's his way of working through trauma as far as I'm concerned he can go fuck himself I don't really (laughs) care about John Wayne Gacy and to be honest anyone who personally in my opinion buys a painting by John Wayne Gacy can um, also fuck themselves can also go fuck themselves um, yeah. and I think I had a point with this I can't remember oh no but- this is totally <laughs> I always go off it's fine but it's a very it's a very kind of unusual connection um, between art and people who've been involved in murder it's not something we see in the public I think there's probably a lot yeah. that does happen under the surface but art is a very private thing um, kind of going back to what we're saying unless you're kind of used to um 
having people view your artwork, it can be seen as a very, you know, it's a personal thing that makes us feel vulnerable. And yeah. actually that's why it is a really, really good tool for um, for therapy because it does allow us to kind of- It is quite intimate. It's When you intimate. create something, yeah. you have to like, like as like I draw, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if I would describe myself as an artist because like, like you were saying about I would about describe being... you as an artist. Yeah, but you love me, it's different. But like, like, like when you were saying there is this stigma attached about being good at something, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'm not good enough for art mm-hmm. to call myself an artist. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But how, how crazy is that though? Because but art it's is sweet so... Because I've been drawing for my entire, I love drawing. I've been doing it since like my hand could grip a pencil. Yeah. But I still don't feel like I can call myself an artist. Isn't that bonkers? It's crazy. And as well, because art is one of the most subjective things in the world. How bananas is it that we still feel like there's this there's this kind of weird like barrier to, yeah. to, to like, doing like, it. I'm gatekeeping myself. Yeah. Oh, what's that about? An, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's a topic for a different podcast. Not even a crime <laughs> podcast. But my, my point is that um, nope, it's gone. Nope. I had okay. a point. It went. So actually going back to something that you were saying earlier, you hit the nail on the head really, really well um, in talking about how Susan um, is an established painter and artist. She knows how to communicate using art. That's what she's obviously been doing kind of for her whole career and her life. She's someone who is already very comfortable using symbols, using imagery to express herself and um, portray meaning. Um, so she's kind of different from, you know, a traditional... Uh, maybe art therapy client who is maybe new to art or hasn't done it since yeah, they were a child. Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't really need to to teach Susan much about accessing those feelings exactly. and drawing them out in a creative way. It's clearly something that she does naturally, which is something very interesting about the paintings that she creates. I think it's unlikely that um, the symbolism that she portrays in her paintings is by accident. The reason I think that's unlikely is because she's familiar with this. This is her medium. This is kind of her language, if that makes sense. She's been doing it for so long. So personally, this is my personal opinion. And just as a disclaimer, all of this is just my opinion. Yeah, this Um, is pure conjecture. uh, But I would be very surprised if any of the symbolism in her paintings was unconscious or accidental. Yeah, I could agree with you there. Mm -hmm. I definitely could agree with you there. And the, so she, I mean, she may or may not have been aware of what she was painting as she was painting it. I think it's more likely that she was. Um, and one of the things when I was kind of giving you the, the WhatsApp voice notes that kind of came to mind um, is again, not saying that she, she did it or was involved. Either way, she, it's obviously something that she experienced. Yeah. Whether or not she was directly involved or not, she knew Karina. Yeah. Karina was someone who kind of uh, lived with she she lived with her monday to friday and then she lived at her husband's flat on the weekend so she was around her a lot she played with her kids yeah she took care of her children she was in a house Mm -hmm. she was um obviously i don't know the the dynamic that they had lots of au pairs have different experiences in terms of being involved with like being part of the family or whether you're just like help yeah um but she was there like karina was present in her home yeah it would be very traumatic, I think, for any of us to learn that someone that, you know, we had been around, whether, you know, even if you're just acquaintances, something of this, a tragedy of this magnitude is yeah. going to leave an impression on you. Oh, for sure. Um, Unless you're like some sort of sociopath. Well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think, you know, it's absolutely possible for for this kind of trauma to manifest itself in Susan's artwork and like I said I don't necessarily believe that that was an accident and another point that um I think I made to you 
uh, when I was giving you the WhatsApp voice notes is that artists, especially professional artists, people who make their living out of this, they want to provoke. You need your art to be seen. Absolutely. And you want it to be provocative, not in the same way that I was kind of saying that John Wayne Gacy was trying to be provocative. That's kind of a different ballpark entirely. It's like if, if like, if you want people to be interested in your paintings, you need your paintings to grab someone's attention first Absolutely. so that they then go look at it. You, mm-hmm. You're not going to go and seek out a piece of artwork if you've never heard of it. Absolutely. It's entirely possible, in my opinion, um, that what Susan was maybe attempting to do was maybe capitalise on this tragedy um, and maybe potentially even garner sympathy for herself uh yeah for what she's going you know what she had experienced and what she was going through and i personally think that backfired um we we know this because all the paintings have been removed and it's difficult to find them there is one particular painting called carried across that um crime junkie discussed and talked about that was on the website at the time that they aired their episode i've not been able to find a picture of it anywhere that got taken down um that was the one that apparently had like the most obvious symbolism mm. um that related to karina homer that people thought related to karina homer um and since that episode came out that painting's been taken down i've not been able to find a copy of it again i beg of you if anyone has like a screenshot of it please send it to me because i really want to see it mm-hmm. um there are other paintings on the website that i discussed in the episode in more detail and i will be putting up um images of those paintings on the instagram mm-hmm. after i add this little bonus segment so then you can look at it um because I did, I did show Karis these particular ones before we started recording today. Um, I definitely do see symbolism in it that, to me, reminds me of Karina mm-hmm. and reminds me of the conditions in which she was found. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like we said, art is subjective. I could see these things and it makes me think of it, but that doesn't mean that it would make anyone else think of it. However, I think some of them are a little bit on the nose. Yes, yeah. And I mean, it's it's not news to anybody that artists do use, um, you know, symbolism to kind of work through anything they're going through. You know, Frida Kahlo is a great example of a woman who was going through, living with kind of quite severe disability. She was confined to a hospital bed for a lot of her life and dealing with various medical problems. And you kind of see that in a lot of her paintings. Um, same with Picasso, uh, when he went through his... Uh, blue period apologies if it doesn't make any sense if you're not really familiar with art history but it's it's not uh it's not new really that artists will kind of do this um but uh i think with susan like you said she kind of does it a little bit on the nose and personally i think it's a little bit icky to um portray this tragedy that yes has affected susan but ultimately happened to karina yes i think it's a little bit icky um to kind of make art and and try to sell art that's about that but that's just my personal opinion yeah um if i mean i I can't say from experience if that happened to me i was in susan's position i'm sure i probably would create art that was some way related to that situation i don't know if i'd want to sell that it's different when you sell it um yeah it's it's different when you sell it and it's like it's like you were saying this is not like this is the way that susan communicates Mm -hmm. this is what she does she's not gonna look at a painting of a a a young woman with long blonde hair who's who's got um a piece of very blood colored red cloth um basically essentially at the risk of sounding a bit crude like splitting her in two Mm -hmm. she's not gonna look at that and think yeah, that's totally unrelated yeah. to that thing that happened to me yeah. that was all over the news and that definitely happened. Mm-hmm. 
she's not going to look at that painting when she's done and not make the connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and to then put that online and display it for everyone so they can see and to try and get people to buy her work. Mm-hmm. It is a bit much. But then again, this is just our opinions. Maybe yeah. that there is a possibility, however small I think it is, that she didn't realise. Yeah. Uh, I think that possibility is very small. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. But there's a chance um, because I definitely can't legally say that she did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I have no proof whatsoever that she did any of this on purpose. But mm-hmm. I do think that it's fascinating to talk about. Absolutely. Um, and I do think it's really interesting because like I was saying, some of the themology between the paintings, particularly the ones that I showed you, mm-hmm. I think are very like... You're right, and there is there is a lot of recurring um, symbols and imagery and themes. There is this uh, young woman with long blonde hair. There's a lot of um, bisected figures where you either see the lower part of a torso or the upper part of a torso. There's um, that one you showed me of what appears to be um, a man um, next to a kind of horizontal, almost kind of suspended in midair. Learning to lasso. Um, yes, yeah. yeah and-, and it's the way that the, the lasso, in yeah. quotes is basically it reminds me of like a circular saw oh going through the middle of a person and it's to me that's it's not the most obvious one to me in terms of looking like karina or being half of a body because it's a whole body Mm. it's a whole figure um but to me that's the one that gives me the squicks when i look at it i'm like like that's the one that makes me feel right i think i think more so than anything else it just feels a little bit insensitive a little bit gross just to me anyway i mean there's nothing wrong with art that is disturbing Um, yeah that is very true because a lot of art is supposed to make you think make make you question things and it's supposed to make you sort of well not necessarily supposed to make you but i think it's healthy for art sometimes to make you access thoughts that maybe make you Mm. uncomfortable absolutely in the same way that listening about true crime yeah this is not a comfortable topic for many people but but it makes here i am every fucking week but (laughs) but for a lot of us i know for me especially the reason that i really really like listening to true crime it's not because oh yeah this case is so cool and yeah it's definitely not that (laughs) i think especially as a woman and i think you've probably talked about this a lot before is that it it makes me feel like maybe I can prevent something yes, from happening I to me in the future. I have definitely mentioned this before. Yeah. And and often, you know, these are things we don't hear about um, in everyday life. And it just kind of, I, I think for me, it helps keep me grounded um, and helps me feel a bit more rooted in reality when, you know, we can't always trust, you know, what um, we hear or see in the media. And I think actually understanding that these are real things that happen um, is sometimes kind of weirdly comforting. Um, and, 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 you know, art can do that as well. Like you said, it can help us access, um, you know, feelings and in the same way that horror movies do. And it's yeah. a very kind of controlled, I'm choosing to listen to this, to absorb this media um, and let it have its influence on me. It's it's about being in control, I think. Yeah. Um, I think I had a point and I've lost it. But that was really interesting. <laughs> Thank you. But that was really interesting. You don't always need to, I, I think, I don't know. When I'm talking into the mic, I don't always end with a point that made sense, but I think that the discussion is what people like to listen to. At I least hope I so. hope so, because I'm still getting listeners, so there must be something about... <laughs> <laughs> that I must be doing something right. I hope that um, you listening at home, you listening in the car or listening at the gym, uh, are enjoying this discussion. Um, even, like I said, 
you know, we're not coming to any conclusions here. It's not as cut and dry as, oh, she drew this, therefore yeah, she we, is guilty no or not guilty. There's no anyone can say, oh yeah, so because she drew the the torso of a woman sticking out of a canister, it definitely means that that she cut Karina Holmer in half. Mm. Nobody's saying that. Nobody can no. say that. I don't think that that, I genuinely don't think that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just find the symbolism so interesting mm-hmm. and it's to me it's too much to ignore i don't think it's a coincidence whether Absolutely. or not it was something that she painted because she was traumatized by it herself mm-hmm. um whether or not it's guilt knowledge mm-hmm. um or whether it's just because she was close to something in the news and she wanted to sell a few more paintings we're never gonna know it happened 20 years ago mm. she lawyered the fuck up no one's ever gonna know the reasoning behind her paintings i just think it's so interesting and getting the chance to sit down with you and talk about it is really cool so thank you um i don't think i have any more questions for you is there anything else that you wanted to talk about um the only thing i will say is that if you enjoy creating art or if you've ever entertained the idea um in the past just fucking do it just draw just draw paint just just paint Life is too short to not give yourself the joy of, I say the joy of painting. Be like Bob Ross. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what I would always try to emphasize with everybody is, you know, you don't have to be good at something to enjoy to doing it. But let you in on a little secret. The more you do something, the better, the be- you, the get. better you get. Yeah. <laughs> so skill comes with repetition. If you are a creative person and you're working on something at the moment and maybe you feel like you've hit a plateau, it will get better. I promise. You'll push past it. It always does. You're amazing. Um, just keep loving what you're doing and do it because it gives you joy and for no other reason. I fucking love how much you love art. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go home and draw. I, start, I started drawing a couple of days ago when I was having like... Um, I was having some sort of like monthly emotions Mm -hmm. and I was feeling like shit and I spent like about 24 hours crying on and off and I started drawing um, Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service and I finished the sketch in like my little shitty sketch pad and I thought I'm going to put this on the good paper. So I got my good paper, my good marker paper and I sort of did, I I sort of copied the pencil sketch that I'd done onto the marker paper. And then I was going to add some ink and I thought, fuck it, I don't know if this is going to work. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to fucking finish it. I'm going to ink that motherfucker. Yeah, you are. I'm going to do it. But yeah, um, am I allowed to plug your art Instagram? Sure. Yeah, if anyone's interested. Because um... Karis, honestly, she is an art... Um... Can I say you're an art therapist? No. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Karis is a badass. Thank you. And yeah. she paints like a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, your portrait work is fucking stunning. Your landscape work is like mind blowing. Whenever I sort of travel anywhere and I see pictures of like really cool, I, I don't see pictures. Whenever I travel anywhere and I see real life clouds that mm-hmm. look really cool, I always send you pictures yes, you of like clouds and shit because I know <laughs> that you just love really, really cool looking. And, and it's extended to people who know me through you yeah send me pictures of yeah. skies and i yeah. love it yeah because i'll be like oh yeah you should t- i know someone who would really <laughs> love a picture of that cloud over there <laughs> um yeah so if you could you could you maybe give your art instagram uh yeah so my art instagram uh is keris farley art uh keris is spelled k-e-r-h-y-s f-a-r-l-e-y 
A-R-T. Uh, and that's my art Instagram. I've also got a website, which is just kerisfarley.com. Uh, I paint a lot of landscapes uh, and sometimes portraits. Um, for me personally, I don't think that there's a lot of symbolism in my artwork because art for me is very much a process. I love getting absorbed into just sitting down with my paints and just painting whatever landscape comes to mind. Um, but then again, someone, might look, someone may look at my artwork and go, hmm, that's interesting. And that's great. I don't think I, thinking about it actually, I don't feel like I feel symbolism. I don't think I see symbolism when I look at your art, but it does make me feel things mm -hmm. in myself. And you, when I look at your, particularly your landscapes, when I look at your landscapes, it makes me remember moments in my own life and like places I've been with people. That is the biggest compliment. And that's, it makes me like, feel shit <laughs> not gonna get emotional on mic but it does Aww, like it, it genuinely that. does it takes me back to like memories and things that is honestly the biggest compliment and uh that's kind of what i that's kind of what i aim for so to hear that is very very beautiful Thank well you so it much. works you make me feel oh good <laughs> so on that note i think we're gonna wind down a little bit um i hope that you found this interesting i know that it's been a bit of a different episode um it's not gonna be the episode like like the main episode for the week this is just a little bit of bonus content um because i can we're still gonna sophie and i are still gonna record our main episode hopefully i'm gonna get it recorded later on this afternoon and it will be up with you in a couple of days once i edit it um but yeah thank you so much for sitting with me karis i really appreciate this well, thank this you is really cool thank you so much for having me i'm such a fan of the podcast oh i love that that's really <laughs> cool <laughs> um but yeah thank you and i hope everyone's enjoyed it so um I think that's us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.